Anime Specific Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's the third episode of the Anime Specific Podcast. Yes, indeed. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this should be the last podcast where my audio is so-so, for I purchased a pro mic. So bear with us if there's a little bit of a audio influx that shall be redeemed by next episode. Yes. We're growing stronger. And, and I've... Yes, and I, I've committed my own audio sins because if you listen to the last episode on my mixer, I must have had, well, not must have, I did, I had the auto-tune on by accident. Yes, so sir. you could hear, I was sounding like, you know, Cher, you know, do you believe in love, you know, that I wish you would have broke out song. on that song. Yeah, I was waiting for it. But... Yeah, and, and, you know, and this, this ties into um, putting our uh, two episodes on YouTube. Yes, that's right. I don't know, you know, those algorithms... I'm sure I mentioned sure in the show notes and stuff and maybe in my Twitter. And if you if, like, at least for me, if I click on that episode, like the recommended feed, I'm getting a few share share videos and you know, I've never really listened to share before. Um, Give it a chance. So, great. I mean, stuff from the seventies is great. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I've, I shouldn't say I've never listened to any, any of it, but you know, um, Hey, you know, that uh, could be a theme song. If I could turn back time. <laughs> yes. Okay, and, we, and, we, and, our, and our banner icon can be us wearing the, the costume that yes. that she wore during that music video. Well, That's the one thing I, re I remember. Well, I'm wearing that right now. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, in, in um, honor of the coach well, of in of the show we're about to talk to, about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's heavy, man. Yes. Oh, very heavy. speaking of heavy, what are we going to review today together? We're going to review the uh, OVA Heavy from 1990. Yes. Uh, which we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that in detail later. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be very cool. But first, um, I just wanted to ask, uh, Regan, I wanted to ask you a question. Yes. Are you into or have you ever played any of the Super Robot Wars games? No. Okay. But you've heard of them, right? Oh, yes, of course. I know they have like a plethora of uh, characters and uh, from all different genres of Super Robot to Real Robot to... Um made-up characters as well from the game. Yeah, I mean, it's... Basically, it's the closest you could get. You know, if you remember Roger Rabbit seeing Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny share the screen, you know, what a mind-blowing moment that was. Or that um, uh, drug special from, like, the early 90s where Alf and the Turtles and everyone joined together to, to discuss the evils of drugs. Muppet Babies um, represent. That's right. Did, now, did, did For the Canadian version, who was the person at the start? Like, I know... Uh, for a USA, it was Ronald Reagan, and um, <laughs> for uh, for Australia, it was then Prime Minister Bob Hawke. That's and a on, good question. On... I'm not sure. It's probably Wayne Gretzky, I would guess. But yes, and and he's you know, um, yes. and uh, I, I, honestly, he's never touched drugs before. I'm sure. Of course, Wayne Gretzky, of course, sir. He's whiter than white on rice. Like that guy is milk toast. No, that guy has never touched drugs. Okay, no, I'm, I'm sure. No, I'm, get, I'm getting Wayne, confused. Wayne I mean, Gretzky? Come on, that's. The... No, no, he's, he's, yeah, he's really like um, straight as a pole, right? Of course, it, 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 he's, yes. strict, he's like, he's too Canadian. He's too Canadian. It hurts. Yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> okay, very, he's kind of right. square. He's straight laced. He's yeah. by the book. No, I, I just remember for for that uh, was it cartoon All Stars or whatever it was called. Yeah, it was Prime Minister Bob Hawke, and I, I just remember. Um, don't take drugs. They're very bad for you. You know, he's, he had that way of speaking. Um, and of course, he was like a, a raging alcoholic, or at least he, he was for <laughs> quite a bit of his life. But uh, no, but anyway, back to Super Robot Wars. Yes. So one thing about Super Robot Wars is that every time they release a game and they feature one robot, sales for that 
generally go up mm, uh, like for the blu-rays or the mm -hmm. dvds and, and whatnot so it's you know it, it has really put the spotlight on a lot of older mecha anime yes which is you know definitely a good thing you know both of us are, are big mecha fans so, so not just and model kits but also the, the dvds or blu-rays of the of the shows are you saying like, that's right okay. yep so uh one that the creators seem to really really like is a uh, daitan 3 which was one of the earliest uh, Tamino anime. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a, so um, I got the Blu-ray rips of that. Oh, excellent. And it looks, it looks absolutely amazing. Cause that show was also really, really popular in Italy as well. Again, uh, huge in Italy. So I think like the, the Italian Blu-ray might've even come out before the Japanese one, but the Japanese one out is out now, you know, I'm thinking of buying it, but it's, it's really expensive, but I want to see if the show is actually uh, entertaining at first. So, I, I've downloaded that, and uh, I'm going to give that a, a watch. So I hope to. It's like 40 episodes long. Yeah, that's Camino. So... That's that's directed by uh, Camino. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to that one. I mean, from what I've seen and from what I've read about it, it looks pretty amazing. You know, it's like James Bond. If you know, halfway through the movie, he jumped into a giant robot. So I mean, that that sounds great. Yeah, I have it. I I got the original um, rip of that uh, years ago. So I don't know. The, the yeah, quality... manly subs. Yeah. I don't know the quality. Uh, the quality, like, maybe at the time it was good, mm. but I downloaded that so I could rip the subtitles from it and apply it to the Blu-ray rips, which are raw. Yeah. Uh, and luckily they're perfectly synced. I don't need to worry about that. But, yeah, I mean, it's night and day. It's chocolate and poo. Oh, um, yes, yes. Because, you know, the DVD was old and washed out and whatnot. And I'm sure, it, you know, Super Robot Wars, coupled with its popularity in Italy, probably ensured that it got a, a really pristine... Uh, release so and it was, you know, that's was it was it successful in japan or it wasn't very oh i mean yes uh i mean it, from what i am told it certainly was like it was it, it's considered at least important in the in the pantheon like if you're a real tomino fan you, you've got to check it out mm. yeah. uh, it's not like if you look at um it something like idion which is still you know very fondly remembered and often talked about i don't think it's quite at that at that level mm. but i mean speaking of of super robot wars like i've played quite a few of them now and uh, early on like i just played fan translations of it so the first one that i ever played was super robot wars j which was released on the game boy advance and i got a, a like a rom of that and i've got it playing it uh, through an emulator on my tablet using a, a controller so it, and was that released in north america or is that a japanese release only or that, that was also released in north america no, because it's it's a licensing nightmare. So mm. they've always been Japanese only releases. Oh, okay. Um, so you get to get the fan clubs, you know, kind of like playing Mother Three. Yeah, the Asian. Yeah. Yeah. So they did do a, a, a fan translation of that. So that's that was the first one cool. I played, and I mean, in retrospect, it was definitely not the best of the Super Robot Wars. Maybe the the, the technical limitations and whatnot, but I mean, that one had Tekkenman Blade. It had uh, you know usually all the all all the because Bandai who. Uh, the developers uh, also own Sunrise, so they don't have to go through all the, the legal hoops to do that. So you get a little bit less Lazar. of the other studios stuff. Yeah. But yes, you go to guy stuff is always there. You've got Mazinga Z and mm. you've got, um, you know, Great Mazinga. And, get a and Robo. Get a Robo. But one one of the things that was featured quite prominently in uh, Super Robot Wars J was, um, do, you, do you, have you ever seen the anime of uh, Hades uh, Project Zero Rhymer? Yeah yes mm -hmm. yeah so i mean that that is something that came out you know 30 plus years ago mm -hmm. and 
Zio Rima, as he appeared in several games, especially Super Robot Wars J, is apparently like the most OP, the most overpowered of all the, the mecha that ever featured in that game. Mm, and I was just thinking like, as I've looked in different toy shops and stuff, of which there are many in mm. Hong Kong, and whenever I go to Japan, I go in there. There's always a lot of Zero Rima stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, this is something that that had a one-volume manga, you know, almost 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. It had an OVA, and, and that was pretty much it. And Oh, and a sequel manga. But somehow this robot, this mecha, and this title has remained kind of in, in the mecha's fan zeitgeist for all these years. There must be something kind of special about it. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, like, the original OVA was a blind spot for me. And I ended up... I mean, I like, like technically... Yeah, and technically, it's a masterpiece. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the the animation, the art, everything. But it's very small. Fantastic. It's not like a world. It's like an OVA. It's like a small. Is it was it an OVA? Yeah. Yeah, four episode yeah. OVA. And that's um, it, right? So, that's not much that's to go right. on, and right? It, yeah. No, and it, it completely deviates from the manga. Like, it totally deviates. And the manga was actually created Classic. by uh, yeah, Yoshiki uh, Takaya, who created uh, the Gaiva. Mm -hmm. Classic OVA right? maneuver. And, and, do something completely yes, opposite of the right. manga, and you're like, what the hell? Well, I, I can understand why in this case, because the manga, again, yes, it's very fondly remembered, but it featured in a, a manga, like a monthly manga mm. compilation magazine called Lemon People. Uh-oh, don't say that word. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah, it is. I know Lemon. I mean, yeah, it's the bad boy basically word. a hentai magazine which is fine but it sort of evolved into a very heavily uh with a heavy focus on lolly stuff lolita stuff yeah so risque. Let's, let's, yeah let's put it that way risque and so in my quest to try and look up the manga for this mm -hmm. and, and see what it was like because a lot of people said yes i mean it, it is basically it, it has a lot of pornographic content again like i don't have any problems with that yeah. they but they said you know it's worth it for the story mm -hmm. So I found some scans of Lemon People online mm. and I felt like, I felt so, like I should be put on a list, you know, after, after perusing. Well, you do live in Hong Kong, but I'm dumb. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, no, soon, the, the police yeah. are, sorry, sir. especially in the past few yeah. months, the police, let's just say yeah. I'm not their biggest fan. Not to make but, a joke. Sorry, Hong Kong people. I was just, you know, no, 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 it, yeah. no, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Um, but, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, it's definitely like that, and I know how you feel. Is you, you kind of have a confliction. Like for me, I'm like, oh, as an anime historian, I want to have the first OVAs, you know, in history. But then you look at the names of the, you look at the content of the first OVAs, and you're like, eh, hopefully, I don't get arrested for this, you know. So you're like, do I, do yeah, I want to? Uh, no, yeah, exactly. I know how you feel. Like, eh, Japan is weird. But, but, uh, Japan is weird. You're like, eh, Japan. Yeah, is weird. but I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> what I mean is like, it, it's not it's even like, and it's sketchy for your own heart and soul. You're like, eh, okay. Well, yeah. like, just, just to give an example, Moral, like, morally, it, it wasn't like yeah. Ray, you know, there's like Ray Ayanami from, from, um, yeah. uh, Evangelion. I mean, it, mm. that's, that's a bit different. Cause like, you know, I watched Evangelion when I was 15 and she was 15. Yes. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But what, what I like the one that was just before, um, uh, Zio Rima, like in the same issue, it was literally like this fat old otaku, awesome. um, and he was uh, basically, you know, um, what's what's the word? They grooming, grooming these two kids. Great. Like, and I, I don't mean like young teens. I mean like. You mean giving you know, them a haircut? Six year olds. 
I wish that was the content. I truly wish that was it. But um, it was just a straight up. No, no, you know, this is a vampire that's 3,000 years in the body of an 11-year-old or something. None of that. It's just a straight up grooming young kids. And I just felt like so creeped out by that. Well, that's, you know what? That's always just... been a kind of a weird Japanese cultural thing. It's just kind of weird. And it's, it's really, a, yeah. it's like a Japan only thing. And it's really strange. Like it's, especially in the eighties, you get that a lot in the eighties where it's kind of an acceptable thing. Like now it's getting a little bit better, but it's, it is a definitely oh, yeah, culturally for me. I'm like, it's kind of weird. Hey, yeah. What, what's yeah, up with that? What's um, up with that? Yeah, Question mark. it's, yeah, it, it, I mean, uh, weird. Yeah, I, I know. And, and so what I did was, so I, I wouldn't feel dirty was that I actually, Hey, wait, wait, did... you took a shower to wash, to make yourself pure again. So you could cheer for a guy. For his upcoming, yes, upcoming I, I like I like that um, that reference. Wash very, myself yes, pure. I was Lily. Yeah. I was Lily. That's right. You washed it. Uh, and you guys are going to understand what I mean yeah. when we discuss it. But yeah, basically, um, I ordered I ordered the the manga, the compilation of the manga. I ordered it. Uh, obviously, it was secondhand. I ordered it from Japan, and uh, it got shipped to my home. So I am now the proud owner of the uh, compilated uh, Zio Rima manga. Which is all in Japanese. And how is Zero so Rhyme? How be... is it in regards to like creep factor? One to ten. What's the, uh, the level? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's salvageable um, from what I've seen. Uh, the, the main female character definitely looks like she's under eighteen, but at least you know um, what high school age. So Jane, why was that? Why was that a big thing in Japan? Like why with why in regards to like hentai and stuff? Why was that like a big? Do Do you have any? I, I think it, insight on that. Just from what I read, the story and the mecha design, mm -hmm. really, it, it appealed to um, mecha fans, basically. Mm. And so I, I'd definitely like to know more about it. And I do intend on sort of reading it. It's going to be laborious because I can't really read Japanese, but there are ways around that, obviously. There's um, no fans uh, scandalation? No, there's not. Not at all. So, Although I did look online and someone, I think he was discussing in a forum and he, he translated a few pages, but... Okay. Uh, overall, yeah, the, the whole thing is... So the manga was was um, popular in Japan, but obviously with people over 18, obviously, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, one would assume. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, it, it, it certainly was. I mean, and to be sure, a, like, a lot of classic stuff and classic creators did put stuff in Lemon People. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely, but, yeah, there, there like, was... All, a lot of, like, a lot of the original OVAs were hentai right like i think the first one ever was called lolly anime or lolita anime yeah because the first ova yes ever, that's right that's right lolita yeah. starting things off on a good foot like i know dialos is basically the first legit ova which isn't pornographic but yeah 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 but i mean no lots of lots of pretty famous artists were mm -hmm. uh, did stuff in there and you know um LPO play, uh, is that, did I say that her name right? You know, from Gundam, double, a uh, double Zeta Gundam. Uh, she was actually named after L people. She was basically a somewhat of a lolly character named, uh, you know, in homage. So checking out Zero Rhymer, what is it that you like about it? What is it, what is it that's appealing to the, the masses like, that made it popular? What do you think? I, I think it's, perhaps it was just that it was a, delivered in an unconventional way coupled with you know a super powerful mecha and the mecha design i mean obviously um 
Yoshiki Takeya, he is only known for these two titles, really, uh, Gaiva and Zero Rima. And Gaiva has famously just languished, you know, for years and years without a proper ending. And, and people are quite frustrated at that. But he's, he's someone that's had so much success with that, he really doesn't have to do much. Um, yeah, and I mean, Giver, I, mean, Giver is, I would say, is massively more popular, would you not say, around the world? Yes, around the world, absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Giver has a lot of hardcore fans, and I don't, I've never actually read it. I know, I have a friend who's a huge fan of it, but he's also extremely angry. Uh, he likes Giver and Berserk, and those are two ones that he just thinks are never going to get finished. So, he has good taste, yeah. Uh, I enjoy Giver yes, and Berserk, does. too. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. and I I bought all the original, you know, the original OVA uh, of Giver that came out, you know, back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, at least it was through Manga Video for me. But And that ended kind of halfway, or not even halfway, like a quarter of the way through. Hades Project and, Zero, Rhymer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm going to try and find out more about that because I just see toys for this all the time. It, they're still pumping out merchandise for it. There's something to it. There must be something to it. And as a mecha fan, you know, I can never get too much mecha. Well, so. I mean, some of these mecha designs for Zero Rhymer are like crazy. Like if you look at the great yep. Zero Rhymer, it's like so. It's like a, that's a crazy mecha. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and obviously uh, the Giver is another one that has toys. I actually have a little like a chibi version of Giver, uh, of the Giver laying around somewhere. So that's um, one of the first. Like it was, that was a proper model kit, but I'm not. Are very good at painting so i just gave it to my neighbor and told him to paint it and he gave it back to me it looked great so um yeah, yeah guyver is really okay. a cool show i love guyver yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's one of the few that has uh, an american adaptation that's actually good at least in my opinion like guyver the sequel guyver dark hero have you ever seen that well luke skywalker's in it uh, he's in the first one yes which was uh, and originally like in australia it was called mutronics mm. kind of a stupid name but it was later renamed the Giver. But then there was a sequel, which was like a hard R. So the first one was kind of a PG-13 film. I only saw the first yeah, one. Mark Hamill. I only saw the first one. I mean, the first one is still, is still, you know, good, wacky fun. Mm -hmm. But the sequel is a straight-up hard R. And mm. it, the budget wasn't very big, but the production design was really, really good. Like the, the suits and the costumes and stuff. I mean, I, li I like, honestly, unironically really love Giver Dark Hero. So I'll have to check that out. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, be sure to check out like the two-hour version because the the version that like I first saw it at the video store in Australia, and yeah, that version was two hours. And then later on, like a DVD came out, and that was like a cut ninety-minute version. And apparently in the US they only ever had uh, the the short version, but now it's out. I think there's an HD version out on Amazon, and that one is like the two-hour version. Mm. So that that one's a lot better yeah guyver is definitely in need of a new series like a, it would be nice to get a new guyver that'd be cool yeah well there was the tv series mm -hmm. that came out but that was already like 15 years yeah. ago or something yeah. um and i wonder how much how many of these volumes are released in uh north america for the guyver yeah are they, yeah are they I, I mean i don't know uh, i'm not exactly sure about that but it the scanlations like there's scanlations all the way up to the last volume which was uh, 32 i believe mm -hmm. so yeah but it's one i'll have to check out yes so um anyway uh, moving along to our next topic circumcision no i'm just kidding i'm just gonna well i was circumcised when i was 10 no, I'm just really oh, i'm just joking. okay let's talk about circumcision. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay okay 
right. that happens to some poor Keep boys. That happens to some poor boys in the Philippines. I know, I know, I know. I can't believe it. Are we, it's crazy okay. shit. All right. All right, everyone, it's time for uh, circumcision. Uh, the circumcision segment. Okay, play the um, play the theme song. What's the theme? I don't mind spending every day without my foreskin in the pouring rain. Yeah, I I knew someone that married a Muslim lady, and he was like thirty, uh, and. The family, you know, very cool. They they didn't mind his religious background because he, he's a nice guy and stuff. But they said, "Look, we just ask that you get circumcised." <laughs> so um, weird. Were they uh, of the Jewish faith? No, like the guy was. I don't know. Um, a Catholic. He was Catholic. Uh, which oh, and he usually they're circumcised. Oh, and he married he a wasn't. Muslim lady. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and and their their thing they're asking is for him to get circumcised. Really? Yeah. Oh that's my right. gosh! I would've been like, uh, okay, and then I would just tell my wife, like, just don't tell them. They won't know. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I'd, I'd probably just like buy a ham sandwich and take the ham out and. Uh... Oh. <laughs> so did he go <laughs> just take a photo of him? Apparently he was going to. Oh man, what yeah. a trooper! He must really love his wife. Well, yeah, that's wow, right. yeah, that's dedication. Yeah, I'd, really? I'd like go to a tannery or something oh. and make it into like a engagement ring, like but like a leather circumcision ring or something. Yes, that's a true. Ring of okay, dedication. just to, just for everyone, ring. just for, just for everyone listening. Uh, I was actually just I just said circumcision so I could say something silly and then stop and then save what we've recorded so far. But I'm kind of tempted to keep this in the show. So yes, and I said the, I feel sorry for the poor Filipino guys who get circumcised when they're ten years old. Like what the fuck? That's Why? a thing. That's a common thing in the, in the Philippines. That's crazy, man. Oh God bless them. Good luck. Yeah, I, I, is is there some ceremony around it? I don't know. It must be a Catholic thing. I don't know, but. And thus ends another epic episode of Circumcision Talk, hosted by those precocious penile professors, Dane and Regan. Searching for love. Fan-subbing the Polish version of Witcher, which is a show everybody knows from Netflix, but there was an original show, and that's sort of how your fan-subbing experience started. Am I right? Yes, or, that's right. Or was it before that? Um, I, I probably dabbled in stuff before, but that was the first. That was the first project I handled and worked on myself. Yeah. Yeah, and Mc, Mc, McBobby fan subs finished that show. My brother said it was great. I haven't watched it yet, but it's a really an interesting topic because of the how popular Witcher has become, but. I mean, it just shows you the world of fan sub. It's not just uh, Japan, but um, definitely uh, that—that's sort of where you you really got the fire for your fan subbing. Yeah, well, yeah, there was. It was called Bubby Subs, um, and I, I'm just seeing if the WordPress site is probably still there. It hasn't been updated in years. Oh yeah, it's still there. Um, and uh, gee, it looks. Any new comments? Any new comments? Uh, okay, well, I'm. Let's see. Let's check the uh, well, Bubby. Well, the last post was Red Photon Zillion, uh, Zillion, which was what ah, yes. you, of course, uh, uh, for those that don't know, Reagan uh, reached out to Anime Classics and, and got the rest of the scripts for it, which weren't timed yet because um, uh, yes. Exodore had, had kind of bowed out at that stage. So Yeah, Exodore was done with it, and I, I said to him, I knew the scripts were done, mm. so I just said I was just, I just said to him, are you going to are you gonna complete this? And he said, no, I'm out, I'm done. I think he was moving, I can't, I can't remember exactly what's yeah, going yeah, on, he's but he's in Germany now. Um, he moved to Germany. What's that? He moved to Germany. Yeah, and he. What was he doing? Was he doing something in regards to 
subtitles? Uh, well, no, he, he was working... Actually, he got me a little job for a while. Um, he was working for, uh, I think, like, Manga Gamer, which handled a lot of English hentai games and stuff, and uh, they needed someone to fix some... Uh, like, to go into the script and, and edit some of the grammatical mistakes and stuff, and I, I did that. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, but, I mean, now I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he's up to, but... But he was a he was a cool cat, and he he was part of a really cool fan subbing group. Absolutely, and, yeah. Yeah, a lot of anime. Was that anime classics, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and those guys were great guys. And uh, props to Exodor and Anime Classics. We still remember and uh, are thankful for your awesome efforts. Your fan subbing lives on, rock on, dude. And thanks for those scripts. He gave us the scripts, and then I was like, oh, what am I going to do with these? I gave them to McBubby, and the rest is history. So I and I I had forgotten like um. There were some pretty cool projects that, and they're not even posted on my blog here, but apart from Zillion, uh, I headed this fan sub of this um, Swedish Crusader film called An, An Templaridaren, you know, An the Knight Templar, and uh, this oh, guy called Hampus translated it for us and released it on the E-Donkey e Network. Then there was the Violence Jack OVA series, which I had, yes. I had gotten... Um, yeah, that, that was based on the Italian version. That was a pretty, not bad, but a pretty rough kind of translation there. Um, yeah, and I actually got the official uh, Critical Mass version, which was was completely uncut. Yep. With with, with the fans, with the fan subs, um, they I did get that on VHS. I, I sent that to Daryl Surratt. Yeah, and, um, and, and from what I heard, that online too. you bought like a yeah. hundred copies, and you thought you'd be able to sell them at cons and stuff, didn't you? <laughs> I, I remember this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I bought I bought a big box of uh, Violence Jack. I did I didn't buy for that reason, but I just wanted to get it. Right. And, uh, yeah. It was it was hard to find the Critical Mass version, so yeah. I for some reason I bought like a box full, and uh, yeah, I tried to. I had a friend who sold anime, and he was he he worked with this guy at the local anime store. So uh, we tried to sell some at the anime con and made ten bucks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, it's depressing. Yeah. Nobody cared about Violence Jack. Yeah. Well, there were oh, well. twenty six comments on the on my blog about it. So um, it, yeah. obviously, um, The Witcher. Yeah. I mean that that was the biggest one. But there was also this um, film based on these old comics called Hoibu, uh, the Castle Spirit, which was a German film, which. I think Zillion, no, was it him? Someone worked, someone translated that for me and I released the fan sub of that as well. So, mm. uh... You're, you're into some interesting things. Like, I've never heard of any of these things. Well, I, I just, yeah. I had, I, I liked medieval or fantasy kind of stuff that was obscure, uh, at least obscure to the English-speaking world. Uh, yeah, no, it was mm. just a little interest I had. It's not something I've really touched for a long time. Uh, until obviously the last one that I worked on just then was heavy, which we'll discuss in a minute, and which I I guess yes. I'll post the link to where I uploaded it on the show notes because uh, you know it, it is worth checking out. But of course, this is I forgot to introduce it. This is our new segment on what fan subs we're looking at. Obviously, a lot of classic anime is being released commercially now, but there's still a great need for fan subbing these classic shows, especially shows that never left the analog realm and I, i'm including laserdisc in that of course laserdisc vhs there's just a lot of stuff that never made the jump to digital and oh yeah yes I, yeah. I just feel that we need to put the spotlight on those and work to preserve those as much as possible 
So yeah, it shows that are lost in that would be lost in time, literally, if uh, people didn't pick them up and uh, release them. Interesting gems, things that uh, I never thought would see the light of day. Things like I remember hearing about the Starship Troopers OVAs. Oh I was like, yes. What? There's a Starship Trooper OVAs, and just seeing that little picture and just the, a wonderment about it. It just it's so yeah. interesting to see these cool little shows that uh, were released in Japan, and you never think you're ever going to get to see them, and then. It's so amazing to get to get to see them, you know. It's just we're spoiled. So there's so much, there's so many things, great things being released now, and that have been released. Thanks, thanks to fan subbers. So all hail um, fan sub, fan subbers. Yeah, for sure. that's right. So I hope, uh, if not every episode, then on a semi-regular basis, we would discuss a group and focus on one particular release from that group each time. So for this time, I, I wanted to, and I think we're probably going to discuss the same group, but it's Inca Subs. Uh, which is inca-subs.net and the title that I wanted to spotlight this time was um, Shonan Baku Sozoku which actually yes. did get released I don't think all episodes got released but um, yeah An anime animego released the first episode mm. of the 12 episode OVA like it's I I'm quite a big fan of I, I haven't watched it yeah I I'm just a fan of the biker slash delinquent genre which it seems almost nobody outside of japan is but it's just one of those things that i've always liked i don't know why this just it's had some appeal to me but i just remember that uh was it robert woodhead of anime go i think he said that when they released that one i think they called it the bomber bikers of shonen or they gave it some you know strange interesting name but mm -hmm. that apparently like that sold that was the worst seller in their history and when i say it, it didn't sell i mean like it might have sold double digits. It didn't even reach a hundred sales or something insane like that. It was like me trying to sell the uh, uncut version of Violence Jack at the Edmonton Anime Con. Yeah, that's right. So ten dollars, please. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So twelve hours later. Yeah, well, let's go home. So I'm personally appealing to any arsonists that live in the no. Just kidding. <laughs> no calls to violence. I, I, listen, I want to tell you guys, I still have copies of the VHS Critical Mass mail. I'm sure we can make it happen. Yep. And, uh, but you have to reserve for your kids for when they turn 12, of course. Violence Jack is... Yes, great, you're a man now. Great tween viewing. Um, Daddy, why did, that, why did that man eat that woman after her head got cut off? Wait, well, son... Why was she a woman and now she's actually a, not a woman? Yeah. It's part of becoming a man, son. <laughs> yeah. You'll understand when you get older. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, yes, so Shonen uh, Baku Suzoku... Yeah, you, I, I, you know what? I got to tell you, I've seen that show around, mm. and uh, I've always just been like, eh, I haven't, I haven't checked it out. I, it looks like nice animation. Gorgeous, very like good you, color palette as well. Yeah, it reminds me of that other show. Um, what's that show? Maybe this is stupid, but you know that show which is kind of like Hawk to Noken, but they're at school? Oh, yes, show? yes, yes. Um, it's like really silly, but they're at, like, it's like... It's like Sakigake Otojoku, right? Is it similar? Do you think the animation, or am I... Uh, well, I mean, there's they're very different titles because Sakigake Otojoku was kind of a gag manga yes. that that ended up, but it, it got really serious towards the end. And but I mean, basically, a lot of those sort of high school delinquency kind of, of of that genre, you know, they they wear those have those Yankee haircuts and have those long cape uniforms. So maybe is, like, is that what I'm seeing? Is that why I, I'm kind of oh yeah? I mean, if you two? look at 
at, at something like Bebop High School, Sakigake Otojoku, um, and Shonen Bakuzozoku, yeah, you'll see a similar style okay. and a similar uniform because that's associated with both the bikers and the, the, the delinquents. But um, You know what? I'm just, I just want to tell you, I'm looking at screenshots of the show and I'm saying to myself, why the hell have I never watched this? This is looks Sakigake amazing. Otojoku? No. No, sh uh, Shonen. Bakuzozoku? Yeah. Bomber, yes. bomber bikers have shown this looks yes. amazing like this is like 80s tastic this looks great oh absolutely and, and oh man i'm 80s, gonna watch this thanks 80s Dane. ova no it's, it's fine um, they've only released episode up to episode three but they're going to keep going i'm absolutely i'm sure yeah that's um, a, you know what good call inca subs is a really cool fan sub group i like how they're they're doing unique shows which i always love that's my favorite fan subbing groups are the ones that um, do something that not everybody else is doing or do something that hasn't been released like a thousand times. What's the point yeah. of re-releasing a show that's already been done? I hate that. Yes, oh, we changed yeah. the font to white. Good job, yeah, oh, guys. Oh, Thanks. Oh, we added we added honorifics for those of you that don't speak Japanese but like to pretend you can, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, Inca Subs, this is one of those groups that are, that's like, I, I didn't know about, but man, Galveon, like, they have some great releases. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm a huge fan. Um, a group that I want to bring up is M Subs, who are always amazing. Um, a show that um, I'm really excited about that they're subbing is uh, Galactic Patrol Lensman, which oh yeah, yeah, that's an amazing show that I actually thought I'd never get to see. Of course, we all know the movie Lensman. It's sort of a polarizing movie. I mean, fans of the novels don't like the film, but uh, I I love it. I think it's such an amazing film. I love its crazy CGI and I love its its character design and it's just a fun fantasy. It's really what makes eighty sci-fi and anime fun. You know, it's a lot yeah, like I... like Cobra in that way, where it's serious but it's also fun. It's just it's just a zany fun show. And uh, I'm kind of holding off on Lensman. I'm waiting till they finish the whole show. Hopefully well, they the will. Problem, yeah. The problem with Lensman is like yeah, again, I love the film and yeah. the TV series actually aired. And it re-aired in Australia. Oh, um, what? Yeah, I and I, I was floored because I, I think it was to like in Australia, they have the no rating season is around um, December, right? That's when Can you say no, that again. No, the, basically, you know when when they stop when they stop uh, measuring the ratings or something. I'm, I'm speaking '90s talk, right? Because I haven't lived there in decades, and you know TV and stuff has changed. But but basically. You know, when huh? they would, I don't know, basically it's not ratings season. Ratings season has ended. So they're not, they have a season for, for measuring the ratings and, you know, and giving the ratings to advertisers and stuff. So at Christmas, around Christmas, because in Australia, the summer, it's summer during Christmas, right? So the summer Weird. holidays. That's, that's satanic. You definitely well, I mean, guys are down under. That's crazy, man. Well, summer, Christmas, Christmas time, that, that ain't right. Yeah, well, you know, imagine you weird. still have all the Santa imagery and stuff, but, um, but yeah, so... Where I live, it's winter time, all the time. <laughs> that, that's just how I'd like it, yeah. to be honest. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, during that time is when the really interesting, funky... Like, I'd get excited at that time because they would air the Neat. cool sort of funky stuff because they, they, they don't care about ratings during that time. It's the end of the rating season. They, I they don't, don't want care. to interrupt you, but is Around the Twist, is that from Australia? Yes, it is, yes. Around the, that's a weird show, man. That show tripped me out. That's a weird show. Australians are zany. Have you ever, yeah. ever felt like Not this? Like this, yeah. yeah Strange so... things happen when you're going down the twist. American yes, listeners, I... I wonder if you've seen that. You're not part of the Commonwealth, so you may not have been blessed by that show. 
But uh, that's a wacky show. Any American listeners, let, let us know in the comments on YouTube or in the email if you've seen Round the Twist. That's a fun show. Yeah, it was popular uh, when I was at high school, I remember. That's a fun yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I never actually saw that one. But, what? Um, that's an Australian no, call-out. Yeah, well, there, there, was, call there, was a, there was an Australian TV show, like an afternoon like post-school block show that I used to watch called The Miraculous Mellops, and that was this cool kind of sci-fi kind of show. Um, I haven't seen that. No, that one, I, I, that was one I really got into. But uh, anyway, yes, so at the end of the rating season, it meant that they'd put on experimental stuff or stuff that they knew probably wouldn't get big ratings, which tended to be sci-fi and fantasy stuff. So I used mm. to love that season. Of course, they cool. put shit on like Major Dad, which no one in Australia gave a hoot about. Um, I haven't seen that. They, they had this Agro's cartoon connection, and Agro was this um, wombat puppet. And it's really funny because if you look up Agro bloopers on YouTube, there's him swearing his head off and basically sexually harassing his co-host. But the Cartoon Connection would still air, but uh, they would show some older stuff. So, so what they is, first Lens of all, what is, what is Cartoon Connection? Is sort of like a block, kind of like how yeah. NBC Saturday morning cartoons in America or... Yeah, it was a block and the interstitial parts were, were, was the okay. aggro show. And, and he would, you know, oh, coming up, let's watch uh, okay. whatever. So, so so let me ask you just, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. Was there any like Australian made shows? Like in Canada, we had, we had like the raccoons. We had shows that were actually animated in Canada. Did you guys have that? Was there like Kangaroo Joey or something or the Bionic Boomerangs? Did you guys have any kind of like Australian <laughs> cartoons? Bionic Boomerangs. I'm copywriting that. Um Rang a yes. Johnny in the kangaroo boomerangs. Well, uh, there, like, during the 80s, right? Sorry, Australians, were, by the way. Th there was the Australian wave or whatever it was called, right? Like, where in the USA, Australian stuff suddenly became very popular. But Australian, Australian new wave or whatever. But one of the defining things of that is that there were some movies that were made in Australia, but no one in Australia had heard of them. But they were big cult hits in America, like Dead like Dead like End Drive-Thru. Oh, Dead no, End Drive-Thru. No, Mad Max. No, I... Mad Max. Mad Max was... The first one was not really popular in America, but it was popular in Australia. It was the second one that, that got... Um, that is the best. Uh, yeah. Mad Max but, 2 is the best film. I, I'm cut between that and the fourth one. And I love the first half of the of the third one, but yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's right. The first the first half is good. And then you're like, what? Yeah, until the director like yeah, he went off and then... Uh, the long, long ago. The long, long ago. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, but every episode had uh, every episode of, a, of an American TV show had the Australian episode where they went, where they go to, where the characters go to Australia, right? And it was always funny to see how wrong they'd get it. And I think the worst one, and I will answer your question about Australian cartoons, but the the worst one for sure was. The Karate Kid. I don't know if people remember, but there was a Karate Kid animated spin-off uh, cartoon show called The Karate Kid. I and, don't remember. I don't remember it, but it sounds it sounds familiar. But I don't recall the show. Well, all the Captain Caveman, Mr. T, that car that turned uh, the boy that turned into a car. I think it was called Hot Wheels or Hot Rod. I can't remember. Yeah. The, well, there was um. There was an episode of the Karate Kid TV show where they went to Australia. And because basically Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are looking for this mystical shrine that was stolen. And basically cool. uh, an Australian Aboriginal tribe had come upon the shrine and, oh, mighty 
oh mighty tree god you know it was extremely insulting to native australians that sounds and, about right mate that sounds about yeah. right with those abos and, and yeah and that the word abo was used in the, the episode oh i'm an abo of course they always got the accent wrong as well but um but that's it's like still, a really... but is that like a that's a term of the art like that's not a let's say like a bad term and i don't know no it is it's a derogatory well. oh, okay. term so it's sort um, of like an offensive term to say yes and so and and literally depicted as this dirt you know it looks like something from the wild west like this this dirt ridden town with dusty roads yeah but dang and... that was sydney in the 80s that's how sydney was in the 80s right <laughs> that's how americans think sydney was in yeah. the 80s but you know sydney's <laughs> yeah of course a yeah. huge city and the, the funny thing was like when i went to kamloops right where alex lives kamloops is Beautiful basically place. a desert they film they film a lot of like if they set a movie in afghanistan like the a-team movie if they have something set in afghanistan and they usually film it in kamloops because it looks very similar kamloops is basically a desert and i asked alex i said you know can you drive me out to the desert out there i want to take a photo and stuff and, and he did and he thought you know you were born in australia you should know you, this shouldn't yeah. be your first desert but of course the big misunderstanding is that 90 percent of the population in australia lives along the coast you know coastal residents i had never really seen a desert in my life i've never been to what people call the outback and stuff haven't so, you been to new south wales mate well that's where i was born. I just, i'm just being a <laughs> but i mean like sydney it's very much like uh, it's changed so much because i haven't lived there for half my life but when you know it's big solar skyscrapers but there's a lot of colonial architecture and stuff there but so but yeah, did you go do you go back to australia to like check out do you, do you go to like the quote-unquote outback or wherever the desert is do you, have you no have I've, you still, I've still never been why um, why might this haven't i mean i only go there to visit my parents uh, okay you don't really explore australia it seems like such an interesting place to explore yeah i mean you know i mean i, I have a complicated relationship with australia i think um, but yeah, I, well, anyway, <laughs> back to the Karate Kid cartoon. I want to talk um, about Australia. Well, we are. <laughs> you, well, I mean, I'm just being okay. a dick. <laughs> go ahead. Every cartoon had the episode where they go to Australia, but yes. yeah, the Karate Kid one was the worst offender and it would like, <laughs> I most hilarious and expensive. Yeah, literally that was, and that, that was, that, that was the other thing. Sydney had like in, in the Karate Kid cartoon, Sydney had an occasional white face and everyone else was an aboriginal and Ooh, while that would be very nice unfortunately if you know the history uh that's is most certainly not the case i mean i i don't even think i had seen a face-to-face -face aboriginal until i was 10. Oh, really? you know so well you know i probably had friends that were of mixed aboriginal heritage in retrospect but you know asking about australian cartoons yes uh there was Dot and the kangaroo, like this character Dot, and there was is Willow the Wisp Australian or is that British? I can't remember. Um, and there was uh, that is uh, a British show, sir. Okay, well there was Dot and the kangaroo, but that was very much like, I, I think for a lot of those ones they overdo the Australiana for their foreign markets. But there was Blinky Bill, which was uh, about a, a koala. So um, yeah, no, I okay. still remember the song for that. Hey, hey, Blinky Bill, save us from that wood chip mill. If you don't, no one will. Good old Blinky Bill, you know. Um, but <laughs> okay, well, that's interesting. So, but so they were, but the the shows were more kind of a simple juvenile sort of for the kids, sort of fun loving yes, kind of. Okay, pretty at, at least pretty much. I'm sure. Oh, the Magic Pudding, of course, which is 
based on uh, Norman Lindsay, like he had a puppet show. Um, there was an animated film of that, Magic Pudding. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just trying to think. So it was all a bit shit, mate. Uh, well, actually, this is something I've never revealed to people. But well, there used to be a Disney, uh, Disney Studios in Sydney. There was a Disney oh, cool. Studios in Sydney. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, well, all the, all the Disney animated TV shows were actually done in the Sydney Studios. Oh, interesting. They, I had no clue. They, cool. they only won that they had... The only film that they had any involvement in, like usually the films were done in America. They also had Disney Studios Japan. Um, but the only film that they got involved in apparently was the film of... Uh, the Goofy Movie. Yeah, apparently the Australian studio did some work there. But I actually got some cells from the Aladdin TV show and the, the um, like the Timon and Pumbaa TV show. I got some old cells from that. Okay, uh, cool. and Yeah, that was in Sydney. Lots of anime fans. Almost everyone in the in-betweening department had you know, posters all over the wall and stuff. And one guy was really into Devil Man. He gave me his Devil Man sketch. So uh, and, and why so, was I... So you went there, you went there to see like uh, on a tour or how did, how did you... It was basically like work experience, but... Oh, cool. Um, well, that's, that sounds pretty so interesting. I, I was, yeah, I that was put into the in-betweening department and also the, the inking department. But the, the problem is I'm... I, I'm an artistic person, but I'm just... I... I I'm not very good at actual like I'm probably better at digital art and and conceptual art and stuff, but yeah, in betweening I was not so good at and also the inking I, I do I've got you know shaky hands as it is and learning what went into the process of coloring animation cells you know oh my goodness back in well, you know, this that's is the sort of interesting era. yeah well it's sort of how that's they have to mix yeah. the colors and uh. that's really cool yeah well I like some Disney like it's fun it's cute and it's some really good animation yeah yeah so. Um, but yeah, in terms of yeah other uh, Australian animation, I, I'd, I'd really have to look into that. But but you were saying during the um, non-ratings time in Australia, Galactic Patrol Lensman was actually on the TV. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, I don't know if anything was censored. It was dubbed, obviously. But it and I and I just thought, oh my gosh, Lensman is on TV because at that stage I'd already seen the film and I really loved that film. And I was just excited. And a lot of the, the TV series is just um, like it's a retelling of the film plus extra stuff. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that the the estate um, of the uh, is it LL Doc Smith or E.E. E. Doc Smith, I think, you know, yes, the original yeah. creator of mm -hmm. Lensman, that estate really had the shits with the film and the t like basically the Japanese adaptations, because as Anime World Order said, it's a brilliant like, well, I don't know if they use those words. I'm paraphrasing, but. It's a very, it's a great film or a good film, but a terrible adaptation in terms of fidelity to the original material. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, I, I like, I would be so happy for it to come out. The problem is that, yeah, the film, obviously we don't have, I don't think a Blu-ray is ever going to come out because the, the estate, you know, forbid it perhaps or, the, or revoked the, the rights. I, I'm not oh, sure. I, I'm yeah. not a lawyer, obviously, but the TV series is even harder because some of it, uh, it's basically... TV rips from when it aired on TV. So... Well, there was some. Hey, hey, Blinky Bill, save us from that wood chip mill. If you don't do it, no one will. Good old Blinky Bill. Hey, hey, Blinky Bill, get in there and fire too. I think there was some like uh, like it came out on Beta, and I think it came out on Laserdisc too. Some of it. I think some select episodes. It's very much yeah. like. Um, but you they know, did that a lot on you... Laserdisc. They they only release like they would take out the filler arc and just release yeah. the main story. 
Well, Mighty That's... Orbots is another example of something where we had a few really good quality ones and some that were just terrible TV rips. And yeah, what a great and, show! And like you reviewed that, and I ended up watching it, and I like fell in love with that show. The animation is amazing. Yeah, I mean, like the story isn't good, the story's dumb, but the animation's just so great. Yeah, yeah. it's an awesome. And, it's just and, nice to and, look at. It's like Odin; you watch it just to look at it. And, and there's yeah. pl there's a lot of co-productions that I'd like to get into as well because a lot of these 80s cartoons were obviously made uh, with or, or animated by Japanese studios yeah, with just, various levels of control. But Mighty Orbot's got an official DVD release, which is cool. Did it? It did now, eh? Yep. It did. Yeah, yep, you if you look at the bike of the one professor in uh, Orbot's, it's just like Cobra's. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah well, awesome. same director. Can you like, yeah, wrap exactly, your head yeah. around that? Yeah, yeah. and so, Godmore is um, to the max. It's like, yeah. let's redo Godmores. Godmores is a much better show, but Orbots is an amazing animated experience. I love it. I yeah, remember watching I mean, it when it was on TV. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm just glad that that's all out, again, for archival purposes. Do you have that? Um, the DVD rips? I've got the rips. I would like to actually buy the DVD. Cool. Because, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm really getting into collecting these days, but uh, yes, so Mighty Orbots. Is, is out now so yeah so anyways m subs is a group that i love i mean some of the shows they're working on right now metal armor dragner which is an awesome show and i um, can't believe that that's finally getting properly fans up it was just yeah. bootleg rips before yeah and that's an awesome show that was kind of like going to be the new gundam but it's just yep. it's sort of a cool show definitely check that out and also like i said i recommend checking out galaxy patrol lensman the film and also the tv series i'm holding off because I want to watch the whole TV series at once, but man, that's amazing. So that's definitely my fan subbing group of, of the week. Um, I mean, my fan subbing group of the show is uh, definitely M subs. They always put yep. out quality work and interesting work. So definitely check out M subs. I love those guys. And Inca subs is another great group. You can't go yep. wrong with Inca subs and M subs. Those are two great recommendations. And, and by those the way, guys. Yeah. they manly subs started on Dayton three and M subs finished it off. So it's the M subs that I'm using for the um, Blu-ray rips of, of Daitan 3, so... Yeah, uh, so know. much great releases, like, they're, yep. they're, they're a great group, man. Uh, yep, I, re absolutely. I really like them, so... And, and uh, yeah, they did El Game as well, which I haven't watched yet, but would love to. Oh, uh, man, that's, I love that, this is a fun show. You, that's right up your alley. Oh, for sure. I, I, I challenge you, me. I challenge you, watch, watch Heavy Metal El Game, definitely, and do a review, it's, it's great. And, yeah, of course, they I, did I want to Leisner. watch that. Yeah, yeah I, I only watched the OVAs, and I, I don't know, like, a button, because I don't know, there was just, maybe in my 30s, I was too impatient, I don't know, but I, I was, a button switched in my head, and I suddenly loved these long-running mecha shows, whereas, you know, I, I remember complaining like 10 years ago, oh, Zeta Gundam, oh, it's so slow, they do this, they do this. and then I just sort of, a button, a tomato button switched in my head, and I suddenly loved it, so I'm sure the same would be for Le for Lesnar as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting how that works. It's interesting how perception changes your view on a show. Yeah, you know, it's almost definitely. like you, you appreciate it on a different level, and then it just enhances the good parts of it. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. It's like I I had this period where uh, yeah, you know, a man having a period. It was really no. I mean, I had this period of time mm -hmm. um, where I was suddenly watching He Man and Shearer. Unironically, I was like really enjoying it because, and I think Roger Ebert said it best. Like I think he was reviewing um, Gamera or something, and he said, "No, he said there's a time when, you know, 
in adulthood when you realize that uh, Citizen Kane is the best movie, it's the greatest movie. But then later on, and, and then you're embarrassed about how much you loved something like Gamera. But then it, as you get older, you change again. And then you realize that Citizen Kane might be the best movie, but damn it, you love Gamera more. And um, yeah. yeah, He-Man was the same thing. Like That was something like I watched it again in my 20s, you know, with a nostalgic feeling. And I was like, this is retarded, you know. And then yeah. mm -hmm. suddenly, another 10 years later, I, I appreciated it on many different levels, like the world design, you know, the 80s-ness yeah. of it as well. But and, and Shearer even like Shearer like I, I have an older sister so I I you know I'm not like and hey, it's for girls you know I sure I, Dane why don't you just tell the truth you watch Shearer I did I don't did. blame it on your sister I own the the gem box set as well I mean oh that's another cool yeah. one yeah no I I totally know what you mean Dane it's like that's the great thing about um, animation is you, you appreciate it on so many levels like aesthetically just like you said the world building the colors yep. you know watching He Man on the big screen is like oh man that's fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's and someone sent me a video the other day. It was like a, a He-Man concert in somewhere in Latin America. Cool. And... El universo ya está protegido por el poder de Christos. People like there's the Spanish version. He-Man. And the audience were just so happy and having so much fun. And yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's something that people still have a big affection for. It's hard not to, um, you know, not to be infected by that. For yeah. And, you know, He-Man's a bit, it's really too bad because He-Man's one of those franchises where you don't, don't fix what's not broken. Like they could have taken He-Man and just made it, kept it fun. And just like, I always say like, what take, why take these old shows and change them into something they're not? Why not just enhance what was great about the show? Mm, yeah. Like, like what I would love to see is like when you read those old He-Man comics, like the art. Oh yeah, yeah. That came with the toys. Imagine doing a series that looked like that. Apparently. Like today. Oh, that'd be amazing. Apparently, Kevin Smith. Uh, I mean, and I'm not necessarily a huge fan of him, but uh, apparently he's working on a new, like some new Masters of the Universe animations mm. that are meant to follow the original '80s one. So well, it's called Masters of the Universe Revelation. It's going to be like a mini series. I think it's a Netflix one. I hope uh, I hope they they I hope they embrace the what made the old show great. I hope they don't go the quote unquote anime style or a modern style. I hope they just really emphasize that high fantasy, the big like how it used to look. Like that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what Thundercats? Uh, great example. Wreck Thundercats. Just I don't know. But... The production IG one. Yeah, you see, the yeah. thing is, I, I was a Silverhawks guy. Show, but... I was a Silverhawks guy, so I never see you're watched... crazy. Silverhawks, Christmas, uh, uh, summer, uh, Christmas is summer. You're watching Silverhawks. Everything's backwards. <laughs> What's going on, I... sir? Oh, a Silverhawks has an awesome opener as well. Okay, so as promised, we are going to review the 1990 OVA together this time uh, of Heavy. Yeah, and I've only just watched this tonight for the first time, so I'm definitely um, just the sidekick on this review. But uh, it's kind of fun to do, kind of hit the ground running, and uh, I can definitely see why this is an OVA. Was this an OVA? Or this was a straight-up theatrical movie? It, it, um, it says movie, but I, I'm, 
I'm almost certain it's an OVA. Mm. From uh, often they would screen the OVA in a few select cinemas mm. just so that it could be sort of classified as a movie. But overall, yeah, it's, it's an or, OVA. or sometimes uh, they would group them up so uh, movies would play together, right? So yeah, that's right. Mm. So, but judging by the production designs, uh, I. This didn't feel like it was something that was made for a theatrical release. Yeah, and I remember heavy, like, you know, all these going through, because like you, I was always looking for those 80s jams, sort of like looking for the undiscovered, interesting, unique OVAs of the 80s or movies from the 80s. And going through v VHS yeah. covers, I always did see this cover and I always thought, oh, that looks interesting, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly um, a cover that, no pun intended, pops out at you because it's a guy punching someone and his eyes flying out. And I'd heard about this for a few years ago, but for some reason, I maybe it was miscredited or something, but I thought Ichiro Itano was the director. And I mean, Ichiro Itano can be nihilistic at, and pessimistic at the best of times. Yeah, I can see, so, I can see I mean, why you his think stuff that, is yeah. hit and miss. Mm -hmm. But this was actually directed by the great and late Noboro Ishiguro, yeah, great one. Yeah. Astro Boy, amongst other things. Oh yeah, one of the um, best ever. I mean, a legend. I mean, yeah, and, and him and Toyu Ashida, who's also passed, uh, mm -hmm. are two examples of kind of the, those workhorse directors. Like they'll direct some of the greatest things, but they'll also just direct something, uh, maybe either because it's thrust upon them, or you know they just they wanted to just keep pumping stuff out, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, both both of them are, are directors that I think people don't talk about enough. Oh, and I mean, Nobru's, you just look at his, the work he's done, it's astounding. Like, he's a le he's yep. a legend, he's a master of anime, and he's one of the best ever. So yeah, definitely, as like yep. Dane's saying, I think one of the one of the things we're trying to get across on anime in specific is, if you're a new anime fan, or you're just kind of really getting into anime, just like movies, it's, it's good to know the directors or the creators, so you can uh, appreciate um, their body of work and see how great they really were. And definitely, if you're trying to, if you want to look for the legends of anime, uh, Nobu Ishiguro is definitely on that list, without question. Yeah. He's one of the greats of all time. Yeah. Yes. And there, there was actually, <clears throat> going back to our podcasting talk, there was a an 80s OVA that he directed, and he was actually like the original creator of as well, very, very much his baby, mm. called um, Hoshi Neko Full House. Oh yes! Oh one? yes! Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. I, I love that OVA. It's uh, that's an amazing one. I definitely would love to do a review of that of, on anime specific because that's one of those shows where, when I was involved with box fan subs, I was really rallying and trying to get that um, as one of the pro as one of the projects. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to, but uh, I I had yeah. fought I had fought for that. But uh, thank goodness that's out now. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. Yeah, I'm very glad that that came out, and th that is very much his baby. Like he was the screen, did the screenplay, and he was the original creator, director. Oh, and uh, throwback to Three by Three Eyes last week. I, I praised the amazing soundtrack of that. Same composer, Kaoru Wada, who always does interesting stuff. Oh yeah, yes. So yes, I I, yeah. I, do, I do like that. I, I, the music was really interesting, and Three by Three Eyes. Man, I listening to your review, I was like, damn, I gotta rewatch that. So cool. Yeah, I mean Just the OVA so is at least you know. Yep, yeah, and uh, it's um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'm I'm just, I, I again, I would be happy if more, like with Ushio and Toro and all these old shows getting re-releases and stuff. It would be good to see a full three by three eyes adaptation. But oh yeah, I'm just like it's probably more possible now than it ever was. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Just have to wait and see. Yeah, it's it's really but, weird uh, because it's like fan subbing in a way. It's it's not big like it once was. It's like 
but somehow we're spoiled. Like we're getting all anything I wanted to see is it's getting fan subs. So it's like it's a great time to be an anime fan. It's also sort of like a kind of a bummed out time to be an anime fan. You know what I mean? It's like I, I think yeah. in a way, um, something like Crunchyroll. We kind of have Crunchyroll to thank in a way that now so many things are being subbed, so people are going into the well to get some uh, older stuff. Yeah, thank God. I'm glad that there's enough fans out there who are interested in going back and um, checking out some of the great works in the past because, let's face it, I mean, at least in the last 15 years, I don't know, like, the neat stuff definitely was during a certain mm -hmm. period of time. Really, it's true, yep. you know? Yeah, hopefully that'll change, yeah, I mean, you know? Yeah. And, and, and again, as I said, like, um, creatively and, and uh, stylistically, thematically, it was much more geared towards genres that that i enjoy um more than you know a lot of high school stuff i mean yeah. and, you know to be sure high school stuff has always been in there but, and even in the, um, the intent the spirit you know i don't know just... oh, a, a lot of young animators yeah. like heavily inspired by blade runner and star wars and wanting to one-up each other yeah and yeah, i i feel the wicked video game machines you know did did a lot of damage to the anime industry because you know well, uh, I think it, it's more that the anime industry did the damage to itself by underpaying and, and you know, yeah. overworking, exploiting the staff. And it's just that, oh, of course, the video game industry is not that much better, but I'm sure it is at least better. Yeah. Um, things just, things but, change, yeah, that's for sure. Yep. But, uh, so, oh, man. In, in regards to Heavy, though, Heavy is actually based on a nine-volume manga by... Um, uh, Murakami and Motoko, Motoka Murakami. Oh, oh who, so there is, there is a manga on this. Okay, I didn't know that. There okay. is, yes. Um, it, it was a nine-volume manga. And for those of you that don't know, Murakami was the creator of Jin, which uh, Jin about the doctor that goes back in time. And that, that was a, like a 20-volume manga. And that was really popular, especially in Asia. Yeah. And the, the J-drama, I actually reviewed that on Anime Pacific. That was... That ranks as one of the best TV shows I've seen in my life. That's anime not anime that game. Was... I know it's not. But, that doesn't um, count. Based on a manga. Yeah, I'm just joking. But that's what, like, as a TV show, it was just like, it was phenomenal. It blew me away. Um, and prior to that, like, Murakami mostly dabbled in sports stuff. Mm, yeah, I, so, I noticed like, that. Like, a lot of his emphasis is on sports. Like, that show he has, Musashi no Ken, I have that show. That's been fan sub. Yeah, that was his big hit uh, yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. And it's a nice show, that... nice nice character design, and uh, again, another 80s-tastic. Uh... Yeah, and, and like how like the influence of Slam Dunk on basketball in Asia cannot be uh, overstated mm -hmm. like uh, at all because it, it had a huge influence. Musashi no Ken didn't necessarily like do the same for Kendo, but it definitely, there was a resurgence in interest in Kendo thanks to that. I mean, even like overseas, there was a bit, like a bit of a like I was always interested in learning kendo. I still kind of am, but you know now I'm a forty-year-old man. I, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Hey, forty's the new thirty, man. Come on, you can do it. Yeah, well, I, I always tell myself, you know, when Arnold Schwarzenegger made like Predator and stuff, he was basically forty. Yeah. So, you know, I think that'd be cool. There's, there's and uh, there's hope. Yeah, and that show I really like. The character designs are so nice on that show. That's like that's a really cool show. I don't know if you have you seen Masashi no Ken. I've seen it on tv in japan okay. where it was re-airing and I, I i mean i liked what i had seen yeah it's a fun show it's, it's a fun show and I, I like i really like the character design so i recommend that yeah. one. yeah that's a good one yeah, yeah. so um yeah so i mean uh so Jin was 
sort of quite different from his other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so yeah, Heavy is more in line with his sports stuff. Now, that's kind of weird. That that's kind of weird that he's all, he's based on sports. Is that did he just get into that niche because of like the mangas he's writing for, or is this guy just really like into sports? Uh, I, it's, it's it's a lot like editors hold a lot of sway mm. in terms of, of what they're at. So wherever he was uh, writing it, he might have been told that they they need more sports things or sports is is hot. It's just like but, in Japan when you get a job, it's your job for life. You're like you're the sports manga guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're great. Um, but I mean, again, with with Jin, he he's definitely, you know, fallen out of that. Uh, That's sort of his out of, out of that pigeonhole. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But the thing, like, is heavy is based on, from what I'm told, most of the first volume, and it's very much one of those OVAs that are meant to introduce you to the manga. Unfortunately, mm. the manga, it's not, it's not one that is, you cannot find reprints and stuff of it easily. It's relatively forgotten yeah it's one of those mangas that did, probably did moderately good in japan and then it just sort of went to the wayside and that's it hey yeah, yeah that's right because um, i didn't i didn't i but, didn't hear much about uh, heavy so and I, I didn't know about the manga so yeah no no I, I had to sort of research this a little bit like i, I as i mentioned i bought the the ova book from from japan okay uh, which yeah i've got to translate it but it's uh every, there's some really good tidbits and, and information and stuff in and there. was heavy in that but, book was heavy in that book Oh yeah, every single OVA created between like 1983 and 1996 or something is mentioned. And, and is this is this including the genre, uh, hentai genre, or, or just anime? Um, it would include something that's that's I guess you could say borderline. Okay, like, so that's an awesome. I mean, violence, Jack. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's a cool book. I would that's I, I would prefer it without like. So that's cool because it's just it's just cool to just to get the OVAs of the 80s. Just you know, that'd be awesome. A straight up yeah, anime. Yeah. So. Cool. That book looks so cool. Yeah, so, yeah. And one question oh, I had for you before we continue yeah. is, what okay. year did the manga come out? Do you know? For heavy? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I'm just I curious because think... I know this came out in 1990, right? This, this yes, OVA, the... so I'm just curious. Probably in the 80s sometime. Yeah, I believe that it it came out. Um, yes, in the in the late the late 80s. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll look it up well, now and I'll edit it, my review. If you look up on Anime News Network here. You, they don't even list it. That's right. What yeah, the fuck? you got to. It's crazy. So you know, it's yeah, it's not even listed yeah, so... in, his, in his work here. Yeah. Okay, I'm just looking at heavy. Okay, yes. Yeah. So heavy began in 1989. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so it was still new when the the, the uh, anime sort of came in production, pretty much straight away. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, so, this, so yeah, this it was, only really covers. So this was a work of the 90s, and this. This movie was sort of like an introduction to get you introduced and then get yeah. you reading the, man- the manga, which often is the case with a lot of OVAs. You can be less yes. sort of disappointed because the story's not finished. You're like, is there a part two? And they're like, no, this is it. You're like, oh, man. Like, this this happens many yeah. a time. I mean, I think the Mermaid Scar OVAs, if I remember correctly, did that. Yes. Often the case, you know? Yeah. Mm. But th- I think this one, it tells enough of a complete story that you are you're relatively satisfied and like to be sure i enjoyed this a lot more than i thought i would because i'm not a big sports guy especially boxing mm-hmm. but and when i watched this when i first started it i was like this is kenshiro before the nuclear bomb this is kenshiro growing yeah. up yeah and, and there's also obviously there's a lot of rocky parallels especially oh, yeah. you know, when he's jogging and wearing the suit and stuff although this is set in new york 
And there are, it deals with some issues and some things that uh, might, in the, through the view of, uh, of, in through the lens of contemporary times might seem a bit old fashioned or politically incorrect. But I mean, in some ways, that's also the appeal of some of this older stuff. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's, it's about a guy called Guy who apparently, uh, according to, uh, according to the story, he was sort of destitute with his dad, right? Like him and his dad were, were destitute and he was always called a yellow Jap because later on he, he fights this guy from, from Harlem and said, you know, I'm just like you, you know, you were called, you know, you were called the N word and I was called a Jap and, you know. Mm-hmm. So from what uh, I gather, they're from Japan and they, they travel yeah. to America and it's like hard up apparently from their road trip. Yeah. I could tell they're hard up from their road trip where he learns the life lesson of, you feed the dog to the puppy. It's like, watch, son. That's Learn right. about life. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so, yeah, when the story opens, um, there's this guy who is apparently like this boxing god, like he's this agent called Alex Gordon, mm-hmm. and he hears about a karate guy and a wrestler fighting, like two high schools fighting. Apparently the, the high schools have this championship where they – settle their differences through a fight and yeah I, he watches this guy called i, I love how they're like their idea of america in the in the 1990s <laughs> like like two rival high schools they have this big fight at, and there's like big crowds like <laughs> if it would be like yeah. this in america it's just like it's interesting to see like you said before in our past show it's cool to see japanese perceptions of america and like it's really neat to see oh, it right? absolutely in that time. yeah yeah i love that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. It, it, so yeah it, it is it's definitely interesting to, to see uh and, yeah, so Alex Gordon sort of goes to this game and Guy kicks the ass of this big wrestler. And he's so he wants to follow Guy home and tell him, hey, why don't you try out boxing? And Guy is the sort of stubborn, stoic Japanese guy. And, and he's a karate master. Don't forget that part. He's a, he, yeah, he, yeah, his dad runs a dojo, uh, although his dad now is this huge drunk and, and really Guy is, is the main teacher there. But when he's, he's asking him, propositioning him to, to become a boxer, so, you know, there's this lady calling for help and... Alex Gordon says, "Oh, you know, we've got a helper." And Guy says, "You know, if you want to live in, if you want to live for any, if you want to stay alive in this town, you should just let it go." And you must do the Japanese and, way: say nothing, do nothing. Yeah, and those guys are infamous in this part of town. And then, of course, Alex Gordon says, "But I'm an American. You know, I can't leave a lady in distress." Yeah, that, so that was a, yeah, that was an interesting line. He's like, "I'm an American. I'll fight no matter what for what's right." Of course, yeah, that was interesting. Right? If if he if he really uh, did go on his own, he he would have been killed. It was basically guy that saved the day, and it should it should be mentioned that at the start of the episode, uh, the it starts out with uh, Alex Gordon getting the news that he has um like a brain tumor or or cancer. Cancer, brain. yeah. Like he, he's got he's got about a year left to go. Yeah, and he and so he's he, tortured by a dream where he sees a new fighter, and that fighter happens to be guy fighting his old fighter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. his old fighter who I, I presume died. Yeah. Uh, is is being fought by Ryu, uh, sorry, by Guy, and he's oh, that's the guy from my dreams. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, interesting to see was... too how in in the eighties, in the nineties, Japan has this sort of love hate for America. Like a lot of the OVAs are criticizing America, but a lot of them are like kind of like kind of worshiping America, like Hollywood movies. It's sort of interesting to see that in Japan, hey? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, yes, yeah, so of course, Guy can't really leave leave Alex on his own so you know he punches through the wall and comes through and then 
fights the three guys, and that's where the infamous eyeball getting punched out scene happens. Yeah, and uh, and, it's, and this show has a lot of great '80s tastic music and action scenes. I felt I felt right. I felt a lot of Hawk No Ken Hawk No Ken vibes here. Definitely, if you're yeah, a fan just, of Fifth and No Star, you'll like this. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I mean, and that that was, you know. That was definitely entertaining, and of course, this is just further um, Alex Gordon's resolve, and also the lady, uh, basically a prostitute called Lily, she kind of falls in love with Guy, and also she's like really thankful to Alex Gordon as well. So she she sort of becomes the character that's always rooting for for Guy. Yes. And so eventually, what happens is Alex Gordon goes to Guy's dojo, and then yeah, they meet Ryu, who's Guy's father, who's this massive drunk and uh just a big embarrassment and he asks he says to ryu you know please ask your son to learn boxing mm. and he, he said he's going to inherit the dojo he doesn't care about boxing and of course some guys related to the thugs are looking for a guy they and then so they see alex and and lily they kidnap lily and they've got to bring and Lily brings them to where they are, you know, against her will and stuff. And, and then basically what what happens is Ryu, that's Guy's father, gets blasted in the head. He gets shot in the head. Graphically. Um, graphically yeah, shot this in the show, head. Yeah, this show definitely is classic 90s violence. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. Nothing nothing left to the imagination. Although, but at the same time, yeah, there, there is a certain restraint and artistry to it. That might be Ishiguro. I'm, mm. Um yeah, this show is definitely, it has some sort of like cutting edge sort of modern ideas. Like it's brave. To, it brings up things like AIDS or racial tension or even sexual, like uh, like uh, gays, really? gays have feelings yeah. too, you know? And uh, They do? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does show a lot of, uh, it, for the time, it had a lot of modern concepts, but it also has a lot of tropes, 80s tropes to the, to the max here. I know this is a 90s, but yes. it has that kind of 80s vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very much a product of the 80s. Yeah. And yet, I mean, speaking, so, of course, Ryu, uh, he doesn't die. He's basically stuck in a coma. And America being America, there's exorbitant medical fees that he, he has to pay for. So True. Uh, Alex Alex basically says, I'm going to pay for your father's, you know, care and stuff. But please, become a champion. You know, I, I you think, can be a champion I don't within th- one year. Is, is that what he says? Okay, he's, he, he's going to pay for it for a year. No, he doesn't sort of say, oh, after a year, your dad's dead. He just sort of said he's been paying um, because for, for Ryu's medical care up to now. Because from what I remember, and, Alex said to Guy, I, you don't want a box, but you need the money. So yeah. use your hands to keep your father alive. And finally, Guy's like, okay, fine. Yeah. I'll but become I mean, a prostitute. Because he compares yeah, yeah. boxing to being a prostitute. <laughs> you use your right. body to please others with nothing in, in return. Yeah, but you no pleasure for you. That's and when he asked guy what he wants lines. to be, guy says, "I want to be an accountant." That was awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's um that yeah. So <laughs> accountants everywhere in Japan were like, "Yeah, I know, I yeah, know." Right, right now, as we're speaking, there's there's an accountant in Tokyo who has a statue of guy punching that guy in the eye <laughs> on his desk, and I love that guy. I know yeah. you're out there somewhere. Except the eye is like a dollar sign or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, that was awesome. Um, this this has some great yeah. lines. This has some great um, violence, and it's yeah, yeah, it's definitely fun. It's it's and great fun and I, manly drama. Yeah, and it's just fun to see. Like it's fun to see the Japanese take on just like California Crisis, seeing their take on California. Yeah. And now we get to see their take on Manhattan, on New York City. 
yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and you know, you get times where things are represented at least well, not necessarily accurate, but but well, like it captures a certain spirit. But and then you get things like like Future Police or Rashimon, where they go to Chicago and it literally looks like Miami. There's giant palm yeah. trees and stuff. <laughs> Chicago ain't Miami, guys. But um, so yeah, so basically, when guy starts learning, Alex says. You know, I'm going to need a real champ to to train you up, and the best chant, uh, the best trainer is this guy called Lucky Roman. Yes. And Lucky comes in. He looks like, and you know what? Again, another Hakuto no Ken. It looks like he's he just came out of the wasteland and he's put on a skirt and a fur hat. <laughs> That's yeah. He, you know, he's chiseled. He's a chiseled god. You know, he just yeah. Yep. And he, yeah, he's he's basically a, a transvestite. I'm using terminology from from uh, from the time. And yes. yeah, and you know they're they're fighting. He bleeds. He does the Degrassi Junior High thing. You know, do you remember when Joey Jeremiah fought that bully who had AIDS or had HIV? Oh yes. In, in Degrassi, don't touch me, man. He, he sort of says to all the boxers, you know, hey, get stay back. I'm sorry, guys, I didn't tell you, I have AIDS. Yeah, that's a kicker. He he has AIDS. He's lucky, Roman. He's a former light heavyweight champion, and uh, he's down and out. And uh, he he said he can't train guy because he has AIDS. But he does yeah, inform the gym guys that he said. Don't worry, I'll disinfect everything before I leave. Get the bleach wipes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember being a kid in 1990, and, you know, kids would say, oh, don't touch that paper, you might get AIDS, you know. Well, I mean, really, was... AIDS didn't really come to the picture until, really, to the mainstream until about 1986 is where they really started talking about AIDS. So yeah, this is sort of a didn't... time of where you know, AIDS was definitely, you know, a monster. You know, it's... Oh, yeah, and, and, and to Asians, AIDS very much was an american disease kind of yeah uh, in their mindset mm -hmm. obviously you know that's not true but um but yes so lucky is also you know he only he's on borrowed time just like alex gordon so yeah. they both want to and i think mold him into this chair and i think really alex co goes to talk to lucky roman and lucky roman first denies um training guy but i think the thing that really changes uh lucky roman's mind is when he finds out that guy is also um dying he has cancer, and it's like the one last dream. This show has Alex has cancer. Yeah, Alex has cancer, not Sorakapud. We're talking. We're talking. <laughs> yeah, Alex King. And uh, shout out, shout out. Uh, and this show again, Hawk to No Ken. The melodrama is high. There's moments in the show where you're like, yeah. "Whoa, this is a lot of melodrama." I love it. I love it. There's too. a lot of it. Th that's this is the Souther. This is a Souther arc in Hawk to No Ken. Yeah. A lot of a lot of manly tears oh, yeah. and resolutions and yes. and stuff and 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 that's that's and, and see the thing about it yes we've got a lot of these sort of characters like um there's yeah Lucky Roman Alex Gordon Lily and then Mark Bailey the um, African American guy from uh, Harlem and uh, all these different characters so what what I what I like about it is yes it, it does. It tackles things like discrimination. I mean, I, I, still, I think Guy saying, you know, I was called a yellow Jap, and, and but Bailey, you were called, you know, the N word, and uh, you know, we it's, we're brothers, you and I. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but like the the Japanese experience and the African American experience are not, you know, are not really alike. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> um, there is definitely in regards to Asians, the Japanese did have a lot of issues in the United States because of the war. I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, no, I'm, I'm even, not saying that. Even, I'm just saying that. Even Vancouver, I mean, 
if you go to Vancouver, they have like Chinatown, this and that. And actually, I watched a documentary how there was a there wasn't a time when they were, were going to actually make kind of like a Japanese area, like a Japanese. Yep. That would have been really something so unique and cool for North America, but because of yeah, for sure. But because of racism, uh, the Japanese in Canada. Oh yeah, anti-Japanese sentiment. Yeah, and, and, and the Japanese in, in Vancouver really assimilated, kind of really gave up their Japanese culture. So a lot of the Japanese in, in um, Vancouver, they're, they're really more like Canadians. They, they, they didn't really keep that, that mosaic like a lot of the other countries. Uh, uh, in oh, regards yeah. to like, yeah. you know, because that's so. But one thing, I, one criticism I do want to have give this show is you can really mm -hmm. tell it's coming from a place of like, these guys have never been to America and it's an experience they've never had. And it's sort of like they're sitting around a table and they're talking about it. It's definitely a Japanese perspective, which is interesting and weird, but also some of the some of the things like are could be offensive. Like they go to Harlem and he loses a fight, and they're like, "They're gonna kill us! They're gonna kill us all!" Like, if yeah. you go to Harlem and you're in a boxing match and you lose, black people aren't gonna kill you, right? But I guess it's sort of be it's supposed to be like shady, sort of an underground, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I think these days, like I, I went to Harlem ages ago yeah. but even then like it was like you know soy bean coffee for twelve dollars or yeah. something but um you know a lot of gentrification and stuff but i, I think what, what i was trying to say was that like someone born like guy was born in japan apparently you know born in a first world country he didn't have the the legacy of slavery and and all sorts of you know um terrible stuff that the african-americans had to endure mm. so i'm just saying it's not you know it's not quite the same but however like you know yeah and, and again racial discrimination. and again such a japanese uh perspective to take that route hey it's like it's sort of and it's so ironic because the japanese are like some of the most terrible their history is oh. just terrible and atrocious to like china or to korea uh, or i lived in, in former manchuria and yeah, um appalling. yeah i mean what what they did oh like you would lose sleep and at least like germans can say you know i was a german soldier i was not a nazi i never knew about that but this was you know little little goro's grandfather who's this now a cuddly old japanese guy you know he could very well have you know raped 50 ladies with his bayonet done terrible terrible things in, in um, relation to this i know it's off topic but if you guys have if you guys listen to podcasts there's a podcast called um hardcore history and oh yeah I, dan carlin yeah and currently he's he's doing a series of episodes called supernova in the east and it's talking about uh japan and the war and the last episode oh, yeah. is covering this topic actually and it's quite interesting how the generals manipulated the soldiers to do really really atrocious things because they wanted oh, they yeah. wanted to sort of set up a tit-for-tat situation where if they did really atrocious things to the australians to the americans then the, the australians americans if they ever caught a japanese uh they would do terrible things to them and it was set up so the Japanese would never surrender. So a lot of these, well, a lot of the, a lot of the things the Japanese soldiers did, is atrocious. But uh, it's it's sort of a crazy setup by the, the the powers that be to make it that way, which is sort of crazy. Only oh, in yeah. Japan, yeah. eh? Oh. <laughs> but again, it's just it's interesting to see the Japanese perspective on on America and them them trying to touch racism and but it's sort of off because they've never really been to america it's just, that's an interesting kind of weird world it makes it interesting on its own yeah but what but what i do like is that the the humanity of murakami's stuff does shine through oh like, yes yes we, we we okay we're dealing with racism uh aids prostitution homosexuality yeah you know all hot topics and and you know yes one, one thing times... one thing that is good is he, he does show 
the perspective of the negative, and but then he does show the perspective of the individual as a human being with with feelings. Yeah, they're all humanized. They're humanized. They're not, yes, they're not tokenized or dehumanized. That is true, that, and that is true. Yep. Yep. And like Lily, Lily is her own character, and there's many admirable traits. You know, she's she's not the quote unquote the whore. You know, she's not you know an archetype, or, or at least you know she's got agency and stuff. And and Don Bailey, um, the the black boxing guy. You know, he's got his own trials and history yeah i mean and lucky go ahead sorry yeah no i was saying you know lucky uh again you know it's a little bit like you know back when people thought aids was like this radioactive disease that emitted from homosexuals but still i mean yeah lucky's a guy that, that dresses like a woman um clearly gay but he you know murakami respects the character and treats him with respect and you know dignity so i i think you know, although, like, I think he means well in the end, and that's that's what, what matters, I think. He, he does mean well. Anything that might seem um, outdated, it's not, you know, I, I can forgive him for that. Mm. Um, I think his heart's in the right place, and there is a humanity that shines through a lot of his work, and I, I think mm -hmm. you can feel that through this adaptation so yes i that, mean that's one thing i did like the quality of, the quality of the japanese or the interesting about japanese is uh they sometimes can be very very sensitive very very sensitive um a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of female energy in regards to um a lot of emotion very controlled very suppressed but a lot of emotion they, they can have a lot of a real a real sensitivity and they can have a real rah so that's sort of an interesting yeah. that's a that's one of the interesting things of, about japanese culture i think yeah yeah, so like on the production side, yes, um, directed by Noboro Ishiguro, uh, the character designs were, you know, they like a bit, some of the animation was a little bit off sometimes, and mm -hmm. it was like a production by Artland, mm -hmm. who have been around forever, but they generally kind of do assistant, like production assistants and in between stuff. They're generally like a um, more of a mercenary thing, but this is one where it was sort of, you know, they were the main party behind yeah. it. Yeah, so, I, I would say it was. I would say quality-wise, it's middle of the middle of the road. I yeah, think that's I mean, a fair assessment. Yeah. Middle of the road for, yeah, for the I, standards I of the so. time. A lot of quality yep. people working on this show. I mean, yep. nice, co nice coloring, nice character design. But uh, like, like yep. you said, there's, yeah, you can see maybe they're working with uh, what they have, you know. So middle yep. of the road, I'd say, but very, very uh, passable. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's it. I assume the manga would follow a similar, uh, like a similar, in a similar way to what the episode did. You know, it's very much like okay, Don Bailey, that's his first big opponent. You're my opponent, but they, the fight is more to understand each other as human beings. Yes, it's not, yeah. I'm just going to destroy. You this know what? Him. That that is a really interesting thing and a unique thing about Heavy is, during the fight, you're going through the story of both fighters as they fight showing their struggle in life and kind of correlating to the, their, their fight in the ring and that that was quite a charming uh part of the story which i really liked yep. and showing how the yep. two fighters had more in common than they did differently and i think that's yes. that's true for all you know all people of the world so I, that that is definitely a charming and endearing part of the story my biggest criticism yeah. of heavy i would say is not enough time a lot of the, the end is a little rushed because not not yep. enough time and Really, the story's just begun, and for us watching it now, this is all we're going to get. So, in that way, I was disappointed because, like you said, this would, this would be really interesting to see the full story. If this was a television series, that would be really an interesting series. Like, I would definitely be interested mm. in continuing watching this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like I think the chances of of that happening would be relatively um, low. Although you know Murakami is still you know a name and still active. Uh, I just you know as, as cool as it would be, I just don't think it, it's it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I wonder if this is released internationally anywhere. Like it's the set of French or Italian. I I never heard about it. But, mm. Right. Well. So what I did was the reason this has English subtitles is basically I because someone posted a, a part of it on Twitter mm. and I sort of said, oh, like I've, I've known about it for yes, a while, but I said, yeah. like I didn't realize that that there was a, like a, it had come out online. Mm. So someone, there was a laser disc rip online and um, it turns out one group did translate it, a Chinese group, mm. like mainland China. So um, is there a lot of uh, Chinese groups? Enough, is there a lot of Chinese fan subbing groups? Well, it's not much I know. I, I don't know much about it because obviously, Maybe. like in mainland China, it's, they use simplified Chinese, and in Hong Kong and Taiwan, they use traditional Chinese. And they're, and they're so speaking they, they, uh, Mandarin there as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. In Hong Kong Cantonese. But, you know, obviously, if you, if Taiwan, you can Mandarin, read Chinese, yeah. it doesn't matter what, what language you're talking Oh, but, I did not know um, that. So, uh, yeah, but it, it seems that they, they, especially these days, yeah, there are more and more groups in, in China mm. translating this stuff. Uh, so yeah, I use that as the basis for my translation. So it's not going to be perfect. I, I'm not one of those people that says, you know. Um, Did you use outside resources? Just... Did you get some like a local speaker to help you with certain translations, or was it all um, your your own translation? Uh, a few little parts. I, I got some people for like one of the things was um, uh, like the, his name is Guy, mm. right? And for a lot of the time. The subtitles kind of made it like, hey, this guy did this, this guy did that. And, oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was almost um, like their their mistake in a way. No, I think it was just the the, the translator because the translator doesn't necessarily know what's a name. Oh. Mm. And sometimes in Chinese, the, the names literally mean something. So, oh. you know. It, that can confuse, it, it be confusing, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm pro there's probably a few mistakes in there like Yonkers High School. That's probably Yonkers, I'm sure. Uh, yes, but I tried to, I tried to mitigate most of those. Yeah, and um, fine job, Dane. I know you were kind of hard on yourself, but I think anyone who watches this will agree it's very watchable. And this is yeah, that's that's the that was the, the goal. Yeah, and honestly, pretty much, basically, this is a simple story. I mean, there's there's deep there's deep and sentimental parts, but pretty much this is a pretty simple story. And I think you did a spot on job. And I hope that I hope people will check out Heavy. I don't know. Are you putting out a BitTorrent, or are you just going to keep it on direct download? Um. Well, you should put on. Yeah. I would put on Naya Torrents. I mean, that's simple. It's not like Box. Yeah. And maybe someone will put on. I mean, you should put this on Box. Yeah. But I know you're like, oh, you don't want to deal with those guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Mike Tool liked it when I posted this. So um. You know, and, and Mike Tool. An awesome he, dude. He always. Yeah. He, an awesome dude, oh, yeah. and he loves. He has such a deep love for this sort of stuff. I know he he loves so much stuff. That, you know, some people would would say, "Oh, so and so," or "This sucked," and he always said, "Oh, I had a great time watching it." And I'm always jealous of people like that. You know, that can enjoy stuff so much. But um, I I really enjoyed this. I I really enjoyed it because it was for me. It's so fun when like an un, like an undiscovered anime is finally discovered. Yeah. Like I was so happy. I was like, "Oh man, this is this is a fun treat." Thank you, Dane. Thank you personally for me because it, it was really enjoyable for me to watch this. I thought it was great, and it was just you know it, it was cool to uh, like 
I sat down and watched it and realized, oh, maybe I'm the first person in the world to watch this with English subtitles. You know, you so, know what? Um, that's that is probably true, and that is pretty cool. And that's pretty special, man. That's yeah. kind of neat. You know, hopefully, uh, you, did those did that Chinese group fans have anything else, or you did did you look at their other work? I I haven't had a deep look, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if there's it's definitely one avenue to pursue if something's not being translated not being subtitled and stuff yeah then yeah i mean that's a smart approach dane because you know japanese probably a challenge for you but uh in, in living in hong kong living in in the chinese realm i mean chinese fans so that's a great way of getting it out so who knows what else you could find maybe you could find wingman bring us wingman remember wingman yeah, well, I did, I I did translate the first two episodes. That's a cool that was based show. On the French version. Yeah, I yeah, wish. I, I, that's something. So cool. Something I could look into. Yeah. yeah. But but overall, yeah, overall, if I had to give a review of this show, I'd say it's definitely an undiscovered gem. Um, mm. it, yep. It's a lot of fun. The music, um, the style, just seeing seeing America and a heartfelt story. But again, I was left wanting more, which is a disappointment yeah. because this is the curse of. of yeah, because this this would be a really good TV series, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. and uh, funnily enough, like I said, I'm like I'm not in like again in real life. I'm not a big sports fan, and boxing least of all. But having said that, there there are so many good boxing anime that. Uh, yeah, there is a there is a really good uh, tradition of boxing anime, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of good. Even the 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 Megalo Box. Uh, have you seen that one? It's it's like a futuristic re telling of Ashtono Joe. No, I haven't seen it, but you know what? I've been meaning to. It's that's a oh, it's, so it's very weird. I mean, who came up with that? But it's okay. Uh, I'm I game. I just I that was like I just fell for that hook line and sinker. That was fantastic. I mean, it came out on, like on Netflix in Hong Kong. Yeah, so it was we'll definitely have to review that. Fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. Ashtono Joe, really I believe, um, wasn't a. Um, that was directed by um... Dazaki again. Oh, is it was is it Dazaki? Yep. Oh, okay, interesting. Yep. Same, a lot of the same team as Cobra, in fact. That's oh, cool. I, um... Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite yeah. the show too. That's quite the show too. Yes, it's a classic. Yeah. I've sat with the uh, Ashtono Joe statue in Okinawa yeah. several times. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that's a really great, great show. Yeah. Something that's a show I need to go back and really take my time and watch. There's so many animes where I haven't watched them fully, or I haven't watched them in such a long time, and. You know, like you said about He-Man, yeah. I would like to go back and just appreciate those shows. And that's one of the nice things about doing anime specific is it gives you a reason really to go back and just appreciate all those awesome shows that, you know, give them a, a rewatch yeah. they deserve. Ashna Joe, if younger, y younger listeners, if you're out there and you haven't heard of Ashna Joe, that's really a classic. I would definitely, that's a high yeah. recommendation. Dizaki, another, wow, there's a big dog. One of our favorites. Okay. Definitely. Yep. And, and uh, actually the news just like, because what happened was, that about half of the series came out in HD mm. and then for some reason it just didn't finish. Like they didn't finish releasing the HD broadcasts or I don't know. And, and, and you're, you're, you're referring to what? Ashton Ojo. Okay, Ashton Ojo, yeah. Yeah, but it is one of the few anime that's getting a 4K version and they're in the process of, of making sure the whole original TV series uh, gets a 4K release, like a full-on 4K release. So the original Ashton Joe is um, yeah, going to come out in 4K. Oh, cool. Well, I, I mean, yeah, so. I, I remember during the time of like the early 2000s when they had all those like Hong Kong bootleg DVDs. And I bought, I yeah. bought the Ashton Joe um, bootleg. And 
actually it's one of the better quality ones. It's pretty good. Like nice box, good subtitles, yeah. very watchable. It's not like when you watch the Fist of the North Star subtitles, you're like, what, what? It's yeah, like, what I the fuck? You know, but no, yeah, the, the classic when a guy uh, like killed a woman to steal a chicken <laughs> and um, or a rooster or something, and he's cooking it, and then Kenshiro comes up and says, "That cock is tasteful." <laughs> You shall die for you ate a cock. And it was just one of the oh, man. best bad translations I ever read. Yeah, it's watchable, but it's it's like crazy, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's the um, first way I watched Hakuno Kentu was on the uh Hong Kong yeah, bootlegs. That was the only, was way, the only way. I mean it was doable. I mean those are yep. those old Hong Kong bootlegs, the covers are kinda cool. Yeah. Yeah, you see the thing they were cool. the thing about them is They use the laser disc uh, covers a lot. They were kind of cool. Yeah, and, and and often they were laserdisc rips as well. Yeah, so they weren't that bad. I mean, the translations were shit, but... Yeah, well, because what what they actually were was a lot of them were actually Malaysian bootlegs. Oh, cool. Um, but it's just that Hong Kong became kind of a big hub for them. I And, and I, you know what? I, I honestly love those bootlegs. That I was able to watch shows translated that I never would be able to watch. I know it's, like, unethical, but I got to see some cool shows I'd never get to see translated at that time, you know? So I did. Yeah, I mean, them. sorry guys. Because they they pretty much vanished. They vanished pretty early on, like at least in Hong Kong. Um, although I always saw people buying them, and they were just all called Hong Kong bootlegs. But when I went to Malaysia, I saw quite a lot of them. So like, um, but did it used to be in Hong Kong? You could go to the store. Like I remember you telling a story on Anime Pacific where there used to be like yeah. a full store of just bootlegs. I would have been cool. I mean, I know it's unethical, but man, it must have been. I would be like a kid in a candy shop, and I'd be like, oh, so much cool well, stuff. Well, at the time. Like, there was no way to get these things with any English subtitles at all. So it was really the only way to get any access to them. So, yeah, I mean, in Mong Kok, it's like this big shopping area. Mm -hmm. um, there was this building. And, yeah, up on the floors they had, you know, like, you can't you can't buy bootlegs in, you know, the normal shops or... or oh, you couldn't. Or oh, no, you couldn't. Okay. No, no, no. no. Um, it, maybe in China at the time you could, but no, in Hong Kong, it was always in these sort of makeshift kind of things that would get and, and then the police would occasionally come in and they'd shut down and then reopen again in a different oh, so, so even in Hong Kong it was shady okay oh absolutely okay. yeah yeah um uh but yeah um I brought Alex there and then there was this shopkeeper who was actually a she mm. and then uh, Alex said I remember this guy how are you dude what's up man you know <laughs> awesome uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> lucky Roman, lucky Roman. Yeah. Right. So, Dane, do you still have a lot of those old um, Hong Kong, uh, I mean, not a, lot of, a lot of those old Malaysian slash Chinese uh, bootlegs um, in your collection? Not, not really, no. I mean, I gave a lot of them away because, well, they have Chinese subtitles as well, so I gave them to a lot of friends here who hadn't seen stuff. And, and those, um, because they were often like rips from Laserdiscs and, and better mm -hmm. legit versions came out or fan subs and stuff. Um, and I, well, I kind I of... I don't know if Triton of the Sea ever came out, um, fan sub-wise, but the um, the Chinese bootleg for that, the, the subtitles are pretty good, and that's that's a really good one. Well, So if, if, if you can't find that show, that's definitely a good way to watch it in English. Yeah, a Triton of the Sea, like, um, also... Has that been fan subbed? I'm pretty sure it has. Okay, okay. But... Uh, Another neat show we'll have to cover sometime. You don't that, hear a lot of you don't you don't hear a lot of anime uh, anime shows talking about that show, but another neat show we'll definitely cover that. Anime specific, we're going to cover all the cool shows, man. <laughs> okay, so 
Uh, yeah, remember, you can visit our website. I know not everyone visits podcast websites, but anyway, it's out there. But you can. You can. You can leave a comment as well at animespecific.blogspot.com. Uh, we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. And now we are also on YouTube as well. We have a little uh, YouTube page. And now I'm also posting the YouTubes along with the um, with the shows. Uh, so you can yeah. see the And Jane's done a great job. Yeah. Dane's done a great job, guys. Definitely check it out. It's a fun way of listening. It has some really cool animations. Great job, Dane. 100% yeah. Dane. Thank you. 0% me. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, and we certainly will uh, release some YouTube-exclusive content, like videos and documentaries, commentary and stuff. So, you know, even if YouTube is not your preferred way to, to listen to podcasts and stuff, you still might want to subscribe to us. So if you go to our yeah. website, you can just... There's a little YouTube icon on the right-hand side. You can just press on that, and it'll take you straight to our... Uh, channel. Yeah, so but if you just if you just search for anime specific, it, yeah. it, it does come up and yep. uh, definitely it's really a cool. It's gonna be we're gonna do some really cool things, things that we maybe wouldn't do on the podcast because we have the visual aspect. Yep. And I think it's it's gonna be something really neat. I hope you guys will come check it out. Um, like, subscribe, and uh, share, please. Yep. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's right. But overall, overall, uh, in closing, I just wanna again say definitely check out heavy i mean if you go to dane's uh twitter um you, again you can cl you can find that on um, our webs on our website yes i will post a link and i'll, I'll probably put the yeah. torrent up at some stage yeah i mean old school anime fans you definitely don't want to miss this one it was great it's really 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 cool to see so thanks dane for uh, giving me a, a new anime gem and uh <laughs> yeah this is this is this is definitely an, an interesting unique and uh you can see there was definitely some passion put into this project yeah, yeah there's definitely some feeling yeah Definitely something there. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So, um, yeah, please, uh, you can also email us at anyspecific at gmail.com. I, I was right. Am I right? Yes, anyspecific. Yes. Um, yeah, you can email us there. We'd be happy to uh, read your email on the show. And uh, we did Yeah, get... any questions, recommendations, and old or new friends. Yeah, we did get one, yeah. Yes, we, we got one from the Anime of Yesteryear podcast, but that was more of a sort of a podcast to podcast thing but do check them out as well they're at, they are one of many websites linked to us in our show notes so you can also mm -hmm. see the show notes at animespecific.blogspot.com there's also a qr code on the left which is really cool but also kind of stupid to put on the website because the qr code is you know if why not you take a photo of it or you use your phone or whatever and it'll direct you to our website so i should probably be better off to put that on twitter or something but you know. hey if i see some guy walking down the street i'm like hey check out my podcast he's like i ain't got time i'm like quick scan this boom mm. Eh? Or wear a t-shirt. Mm. I'm in the grocery store. Mm. Scan this. Beep. What? <laughs> what's up? What's on my till here? Mm. Why is Galveon on my till? Yeah. I love it how the checkout guy knows who Galveon is. Oh wait, that's hey. Galveon. What's he doing on my till? It's my kind of yeah. guy. He's a cool guy. Mm. Okay, I'm. <laughs> hey, it's Exidor. He's working at my local grocery store. <laughs> what? Shouts out. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, guys. Sorry, I'm eating grapes. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> anyways, yeah, a fun show. And uh, Dane, in closing, do you know? Do you have any idea what you're going to be looking at next week, or is it open debate? I'm kind of open debate. I'm supposed to be covering Jetermars, but I keep delaying it because, I'm, oh man, there's so many great stuff I want to review. Yes, I know Probably stuff not, does oh. keep uh, keep coming. And up. that's why, ladies and gentlemen, it's 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 a good idea not to say what you're going to review too far in advance because you might change your mind. Yes, I'm I'm leaning towards uh, covering Aura Battle of Dunbine because Oh, excellent. Um and mm. because and this will probably go into next episode's fan sub discussion, but 
the sequel OVA, another high quality 80s production, uh, actually got fan subbed and Blu ray oh, ripped. Cool. So uh, I'd like to discuss that little franchise, uh, another Tamino classic. So I'm edging yeah, towards cool that. Yeah. yeah. Another Danes with the unique shows, hey? Mm. That's yeah, right. the mainstream directors with their unique shows. That's definitely another unique show. That'll be fun. Well, you know what? I'll try to find something to match that, something interesting, unique myself. So to be determined on mm -hmm. my part, but uh, you know, definitely join us then for another yes. high-quality mm. episode of Anime Specific. That's right. So until then, see you next time, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, I will update the website and put our Twitter links there as well, which I haven't done yet, but by the time you hear this episode, it should be there. So... Until then, and if you go to the if you go to the YouTube channel and it's it doesn't look fancy, just wait. Dane's gonna be working on that. It's gonna be cool. Yes, it'll get better day by day. Oh yes, I forgot the banner. Okay, he's yes. gonna work on it right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You've got an hour, Dane. Okay, my daughter's got malnutrition, but who cares? Yeah. get her working on this website too. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. She probably could actually. She's um. Yeah. She's really into animation now, and she's subscribed. She can do the soundtrack. She can do a dramatic soundtrack for she us. She can yeah. probably do the animation. She does better animation than I do, actually. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, until then, see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.